everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Unknown. I'm your host, Peyton Schaefer, and it looks like we are at episode four, which is crazy. I hope that you guys have enjoyed so far. I hope you guys enjoyed last week's case, The Boy in the Box. Uh, That definitely was a doozy for sure, and a tough one to research as well. This one, though, was a little more exciting to research, and I think you guys are going to be really excited about this particularly because this year marked the 25th anniversary of this case. So let's not waste any time and let's get into it. So today's case is about the Phoenix Lights. So I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with that. But this takes place in 1997. So let's go to the start. Chris McLennan, on the night of March 13, 1997, was out sky watching. She placed her 8-inch schmidt Cassegrain reflector telescope in her yard, and she lived in Phoenix. She was hoping to get some close-up views of the comet Hale-Bopp, and this was a naked-eye comet that people were going crazy over at the time because it was super bright and super visible. So everyone who had a telescope, and even honestly some of the people who didn't have a telescope, were just going out at night constantly because they were trying to see these comets in the sky. At about 8.30 p.m., she saw in the northwestern valley sky seven glowing orbs in a chevron-shaped formation. She claimed that they were very quiet, you could not hear them, and that they were heading southeast. And this was all in an interview with the Phoenix New Times. So I just want to say that the Phoenix New Times was very helpful with me in my research during this case. Um, so basically a lot of this stuff um, I got from the Phoenix New, Phoenix New Times. So I just wanted to point that out there. So she just couldn't comprehend what they were. She said that they were very bizarre and very unnatural and that they didn't look man-made. And this is a quote by her. I kept trying to focus on them and they'd move in the weirdest ways. They'd be in one spot and then suddenly go much lower and then back like zigzagging. It wasn't how you'd see planes move at air shows or normally flying overhead. Now, she wasn't the only one who saw it. Others saw it as well. And they saw it traveling southeast from Nevada, across Prescott, and into Metro Phoenix. It then continued to Tucson and southeastern Arizona before heading to Mexico around 10.30 p.m. The city then encountered a second set of lights, and this was a line of glowing orbs seen near the Sierra Estrella mountain range in the southwest valley. And this is, this is a crazy number. As many as 10% of Arizonians according to a Rocky Mountain poll at the time, saw these lights in the sky. So that's, that's a good amount, because think about it. Is Arizona is a pretty big state, but 10% of the population saw these lights. So Art Bell was the host of Coast to Coast AM and said that, the se- that this was the second biggest case in ufology after Roswell. So this is where things get a little interesting, because obviously these people saw you know, all of these lights in the sky, and so many people saw them, so they're obviously going to want some answers from officials, right? Police, FBI, those kinds of things. And so Phoenix City City Councilwoman and Vice Mayor Frances Emma Barwood were called, they called for an official investigation. They said, this is weird, everybody's saying it's weird, we need an official investigation. However, Other officials dismissed it, and one of the most famous things is Arizona Governor Fife Symington, which I believe I'm saying that correct, I apologize if I did not, called a satire press conference. And so basically, he called this press conference, and he said, you know, 
it's not that big of a deal. We looked into it, and it was just man-made aircrafts, yada, yada. And then at the end of the press conference, one of his aides came in dressed as an alien. And everybody was laughing. So if this doesn't tell you how he was taking it, he was obviously not believing the public and what they were saying. So I just wanted to point that out. After this all happened, USA Today published a story about it, and that's what made it the global phenomenon that it is still to this day. So there was, a lot of people thought that it could have been a man-made aircraft. So this is, the, the skeptics of this said, there was a base called Luke Air Force Base in Glendale, and there were other nearby military facilities in the area. And so they said, they're always doing tests, they're always doing flights, it must be a man-made aircraft. So that's that's the skeptics coming in. They're not, you know, they they don't want to believe that it could be, you know, aliens or a UFO. So there's that to take in. Okay. So then Shane Hurd, the assistant state director of the Arizona chapter of the Mutual UFO Network, says it was never 100% proven. It can never be 100% proven. There's there's just no way. So also I didn't realize in my research how many different like actual official jobs and positions there are when it comes to ufos and aliens and i just think it is the coolest thing ever so i just want to point that out as well because that would be such a cool job to just be researching and trying to understand ufos and aliens i I don't know that that's just me so the crazy thing about this is that they have made this into kind of their thing out there in arizona and so in the arizona heritage center at papago park there is an exhibit that is there still to this day. And a doctor named Dr. Lynn Kati, she, uh, she, she was a physician, and she actually left medicine and practicing medicine to research this phenomena. And she was one of the witnesses of the sightings. And in 2004, she published a book, and then after that produced and directed a documentary, and then still now sells coloring books on it. So... I mean, that's pretty crazy. I mean, to, to, I guess she had a calling and she was like, you know what? I, I feel like I can research this. And, uh, there's so many documentaries on this as well, guys. I mean, you can go and look it up. There's millions of YouTube videos, millions of documentaries, millions of books. There's tons of information out there. So I'm just giving the very basics, but if you are really interested in this and really want to get in depth, there's plenty out there. Trust me. So let's get into more about the sightings and specifically some specific eyewitnesses because the Phoenix New Times had plenty of eyewitnesses. And so I have some of those jotted down here and some of the direct quotes from those witnesses. Okay. So the first sighting was the V-shaped object and they said that it was as big as a 747 and it was spotted 285 miles to the northwest over Henderson, Nevada at 7.55 p.m. Then it was reportedly headed southeast, crossing Arizona in less than 40 minutes. So these sightings were made along the way in places like Paulden, where a retired police officer saw a cluster of six or seven lights. They were made in the Chino Valley and in Prescott as well. Now remember we had talked about by 8.30 p.m. it had hit Metro Phoenix, and these sightings then started to increase exponentially. However, these details began to differ in what people saw. Eyewitness accounts of the first group of lights are generally the same. A series of lights and a chevron or boomerang pattern in valley skies from the northwest to the southeast. Some say that it was high in the air. Others say that it was hovering a short distance above. So that's where that kind of gets a little iffy. 
And then multiple witnesses described seeing an underlying structure and others, they did not see an underlying structure. The way that they were described as well with the lights differed in color, quantity, movement, brilliance. So people, it was just kind of a person-to-person thing. Each eyewitness saw something a little bit different. And also this was interesting. People had different feelings when they saw the lights. Some felt like compelled to walk towards them. Some felt this calmingness. Some felt like nervous. Uh, so that kind of differed as well. So let's get into some specific eyewitnesses. So the first one is Stephanie Dubois, and she was a Phoenix resident. And she quotes, We have a cabin in Camp Creek, and we're driving up Seven Springs Road on our way there. It was me, my son, who was really little, and my dad, and the lights were just there. It couldn't have been higher than the high-tension power lines. We stopped in the middle of the road to check it out. Whatever it was, there were six lights in a triangle, and you couldn't see the body. I don't know how long we sat there, and then it was just gone. Disappeared. Lights out. So that's obviously a lot to take in. Very interesting. I don't know what I would do if I was in that situation driving and all of a sudden I saw all of these lights that I thought were aliens or UFOs or that I didn't know what it was. Um, But I thought this was very interesting in my research. Kurt Russell actually was another eyewitness. And this is what he had to say. Quote, And we were on approach and I saw six lights over the airport in a V shape. I was just looking at them and I was coming in. We're maybe a half a mile out, and Oliver said, Pa, what are those lights? I reported it. Sky Harbor air traffic controllers said, We're not pinging anything. We don't show anything. I said, Well, okay, I'm going to declare it's unidentified. It's flying, and it's six objects. We landed. I taxied, dropped him off, took off, and went back to L.A. Never said a word. He never said a word. I never thought of it. Two years later, my wife is watching a television show when I came home, and the show was on UFOs. I stop, and I started watching, and it was on the Phoenix Lights. And I'm watching this, and I'm feeling like Richard Jafus in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. It's like, why do I know this? It's not clear to me, and then they said a general aviation pilot reported it on landing. I'd never thought of it since then, and I said, that was me. So, here we have a famous person saying that they saw it. So that's, I mean, I like to think famous people might have a little bit of street cred over all these civilians, but then again, if you're getting hundreds and thousands of reports of this, then I feel like you might want to take it a little bit serious, but whatever. So then the interesting part is that everybody started calling the police because they weren't sure what it was, and so many people were calling the police this night, and a 911 operator from the Phoenix Police Department, Verlee Nanaman, is quoted as saying, It started out slow, and then all of a sudden, we were getting lots of calls, and they were all regarding strange lights in the sky. The calls came in very steady for about an hour. Everyone seemed calm and was saying it was either the V-shape or five lights or seven lights over the Sierra Estrella Mountains. In the 24 years I worked there, we'd get an occasional call or two about strange lights, but nothing like that night. So, that's pretty interesting that even... As a 911 operator, that she's going, oh, yeah, we get calls all the time about, you know, UFOs and aliens and stuff like that. But that night, that night was different. So I just wanted to point that out. On an episode of UFO, Symington, so this is going back to Fife Symington, which, remember, he was the governor, and he was the one with the alien joke at the press conference that he called and all that, okay? Well, he came out later and admitted on this episode of UFO 
that he didn't admit anything that he knew and said that he didn't knew anything, know anything because under he was under federal indictment at the time for 21 counts of extortion, bank fraud, and making false financial statements. He's quoted as saying, it was a fairly tumultuous time for me politically, and I certainly didn't want to pour any kerosene on the fire. So the next day, I kept my mouth shut. So to me, obviously, he's not saying, he's saying, uh, yeah, I, I thought that there was something off, but I had so much other stuff that I was dealing with that I just needed to make a joke out of this and, and just keep it going and move on. Uh, and actually, a year later, later, he was convicted on seven counts of bank fraud. Uh, but that was overturned uh, in an appeal. But as we know, there's UFO sightings still happening today, and the FBI says that they are real and they are investigating them. However, this is something that I didn't know, but in 1969, there was a thing called Project Blue Book, and that was the FBI's uh, like program for looking into different UFO sightings and claims, but that ended in 1969. So there's currently no UFO program or, like, alien program at the FBI, but they say that these accounts that they're getting are real and that they are investigating them. So that is the brief overview of the Phoenix Lights. Like I said, there's so much information out there, so I will also link in my sources a podcast that I listened to that was really good as well, and just there's so much information out there, guys. So if you're really interested in this, go ahead and check it out because I'm telling you it's amazing. But also, let me know in the comments on social media if you guys have experienced anything with aliens or UFOs. I unfortunately have not. I wish I have. But I definitely believe that there's got to be something else out there. I mean, I feel like they're just smarter than us and they can get to us, but we can't get to them. But I definitely think that we can't be the only ones out here. There's got to be aliens. So that is the Phoenix Lights. I hope you guys enjoyed listening. Make sure to tune in next week. The episode is going to be, let's just say, it is another case with a child. That's all I'm going to say. Um, but it's a very interesting case, and I've enjoyed researching it so far. So I really hope you tune in because I think you will enjoy it as well. But until next week, I'm your host, Peyton Schaefer, and this has been The Unknown. Mm-hmm.